Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Tribune Audio Network. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Powered by the Quad City Moms blog. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hey everybody, welcome to On a Mother Level. I'm Denise Sinitka with WQAD, and thank you so much for sharing the show with other people. Our downloads keep increasing every single week, so here's what I need you to do. If you're listening right now, and whatever platform you're on, I need you to subscribe. That means you're going to get every single episode downloaded right to your phone. You're not going to have to try. And let's just say you hate the podcast. Let's just say you think it's garbage. Subscribe anyway, because then I still get the downloads and you don't have to listen. So it'll be a deal, a compromise between the two of us. What do you say? This is On a Mother Level, and today I have Nerea Salzbrenner with me. Hi, Nerea. Hi. So, Nerea, you are here because you are the very definition of pregnant ambition. (laughs) Last episode, I talked about this concept of pregnant ambition, where you it's like nesting times one million <laughs> because you are pregnant and you should be laying on a lily pad, but instead <laughs> you're taking on massive, massive projects. Yeah. So we're going to get into that because you are a child care provider in the Quad yes. Cities and you own a center called Birdie's Nest. Yes. Tell me a little bit about Birdie's Nest. So um, I opened Birdie's Nest in October of 2016, and I was a teacher in the Davenport Community School District for five years. Um, I had my first son, and um, my husband and I just struggled really hard finding good quality childcare, especially in our area. Um, We kind of struggled through it for two years, and we got pregnant with our daughter, our second daughter, or our first daughter. And had lots of issues. The cost was outrageous. We were having just tons and tons and tons of issues. And um, I kind of felt like, how can I take care of these other people's kids and really pour into them when I'm so stressed out about my kids and worried about, you know, where they are and who they're with. So um, one day in May, I called my husband and I said, guess what? I'm going (laughs) to open a childcare center in preschool. And he just kind of looked at me and blinked for a while and said, what? (laughs) And I said, yeah, it's always kind of been like a dream of mine. I thought maybe like a retirement dream after I had worked for the district and retired. And I would love to do that because early childhood is always in my passion area. And um, I said, no, I, you know, I have a month left of teaching and I'm not going to renew my contract. 
I want to open a center. And he's like, a few more long blinks. And uh, what are you talking about? And so we kind of um, talked about it that night. And he's, my husband, just so awesome. And he's always been really supportive. And he's like, okay, you're quitting your job. Like, let's do this. And so um, that was in May. So I resigned my position in June with the school district. We spent July looking for buildings. We found one in August. We renovated um, in September and we opened October 3rd. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And shortly after you found out you were pregnant with your third. Yeah. (laughs) Shortly after. (laughs) Yep. We found out we were pregnant with our third. And now you are pregnant with your fourth. And so I (laughs) I just want to say that fourth and final. (laughs) So we're going to get into all of that stuff a little bit later, but we are going to do um, your favorite segment, the mom wins. (laughs) And what we came to call the mother flubber. My favorite. So do you want to start with your win today? Okay. So my mother flubber and my win are kind of intertwined. Okay. So I have to give you the backstory. You got it. So I had a super crazy day yesterday. Really busy. Tons of things to do. Um, My oldest, who he's going into first grade, hangs out at the center with us sometimes. But he was just like, can I have a play date with someone? I want to have a play date with someone. So I called my brother and I'm like, hey, can Camden come over and just hang out and play? And he's like, yeah, sure. He has a five-year-old. So I'm like, awesome. That stress is gone. So I had like three appointments and I'm getting ready to go to my fourth appointment and my brother calls and he's like, Norea, I don't know how to say this, but and I'm like, what, what, what's wrong? Camden stuffed a stretchy toy ninja up his nose and it stuck. I'm like, what? <laughs> so you know those stretchy toy ninjas that have like the bald feet and the okay. bald hands? Camden thought it'd be fun to like rip the ninja's feet off. Yeah. And um stuff it really far up his nose and see if he could shoot it back out. Cause that's what boys do and that's really fun. So my brother is <laughs> panicking and he's like, I don't know what to do. He's saying it hurts really bad. Like, so Normally, especially because I have three kiddos, I'm pretty chill about that kind of thing. But I don't know if it's like I'm almost nine months pregnant. I started freaking out and I'm like, oh, my God, like, could this go to his brain? Like, is how far is this thing going to travel? So I met my brother. We like rushed. I was going to take him to the ER. And then I was like, "Okay, let me think about this. So I called his pediatrician and they were like, yeah, bring him in. We'll see what we can do. So brought him into the doctor, and um, he's super nervous. And I'm like, Camden, why would you shove a ninja toy up your nose? <laughs> well, because I wanted to. And so we get back to the doctor's office, and she's checking it out and kind of moving things around. And um, she's like, you know, it's really not that far up there. And I didn't even look because I was just freaking out. Like, yeah. oh, my God, it's going to travel to his brain, and he's going to have brain damage. Yeah. So she goes, I'm just going to try to get him to blow his nose. And instantly just felt like such an idiot. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. So she like puts the tissue up and has him blow his nose and out shoots this ninja foot. And Camden just gets this humongous smile and the nurse (laughs) is laughing. And I said, I'm really sorry. I probably could have taken care of this on my own, but my brain is just really cloudy right now. And She's like, oh, it's fine. Multiple times a month we have issues like this. I'm like, ninja feet? And she's like, all kinds of things. So that was my flubber because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Why didn't I think of just plugging his nose and blowing it? And 
instead of like <laughs> rushing across town to take my yeah. five-year-old in for this emergency nose procedure because all I could think of was like surgery like they're gonna have to cut his face open and he's gonna, he's gonna have this huge scar <laughs> so of- see I'm picturing more of a giant hook sort of <laughs> yeah. a scenario like a threading and a hook and a pull yeah well and then Cameron's like we had told him you know they might have to go up in your nose with um tweezers so when we leave, he's like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't put Twizzlers up my nose. Oh my <laughs> so then Jason and I were just laughing so hard. But so that was my flubber. My um, mom, Win was, this was so sweet. So we're in the car and we're talking to him about how we don't ever shove things up our nose or, you know, any crevice for that matter. <laughs> and he goes, mom, I have to tell you what happened. Why the, that ninja foot came out so easy. And I'm like, okay, what happened? He goes, remember how you tell me if you're nervous, you can pray to God? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I just said, Jesus, please let this ninja foot just shoot right out of my nose. He goes, and it did. So that was my mom win because I thought that was the sweetest thing. Like he, I couldn't tell he was really nervous. Um, He didn't say anything to me about praying about the ninja foot. And then he's like, you told me that if you're nervous or scared. You can pray to God. And so my flubber kind of turned into a little bit of a victory. And a prayer answer. Yeah, a prayer answer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just the words ninja foot is now yeah. making me laugh forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, okay, so my win has to do with the fact that my husband was out of town for the past four days. And so, honestly, this is the first time that I've been by myself with my kids. Um, definitely since Everett's come. Yeah. But so, and I don't mean like just for like an afternoon or something, but for an extended period of time. So I was really excited about having, you know, just that one-on-one time where it was just going to be me. And so um, one of the nights I let Abram sleep in our bed as just like a fun little sleepover time. And he was, you know, up, we were up chattering and he likes me to sing to him. And and the night was kind of getting long and I was really ready to go to bed. And I was helping him kind of get adjusted. And so I put the little flashlight on on my phone. And suddenly, you know, shadows are projected on the (gasps) ceiling. And he was like, wow, what is that? And I was like, oh, wow, I can teach him about shadow puppets right now. (laughs) So we were, you know, I was doing the things with my fingers, the little, the dog and the the rabbit. And then we were putting, you know, his stuffed animals in front of the light. And so we ended up staying up for another half hour. So fun. With these shadow puppets and monster heads, as he was calling them, monster heads. So it was just kind of a cool, like. One of the coolest parts of having having kids is seeing things through their eyes. Yes, for sure. And like how many times have you seen a shadow and thought nothing of it? But the first time he saw a shadow, he was yeah. like, wow. Amazing. Look at my monster head. Aww. So now he loves monster heads. So that I thought is that was kind of cool. All right. So as the, um, as the mother of a boy, I feel like you may have had this experience. This is my flubber for the week. And okay. really, this is society's flubber or whoever designed the porta potty. Oh, okay. okay. So Abram and I went and he ran the um, the kids' Bix yeah. over the weekend. And so at some point he had to potty. Okay, great. So I take him to the porta potty. Now I want you to picture a porta potty in your head. You have a very short two year old, a very high oh. <laughs> seat, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Where do you where do you put a child? 
to pee in a porta potty because he's not sitting on that seat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no amount of toilet paper that's gonna guard his little booty from yeah. that seat. Uh-huh. Okay. So then I'm like, okay, well, how can I hold him so that he will, the trajectory yes, will land will appropriately. Launch, okay. <laughs> well, that's not, I can't hold him because then he's not gonna be able to relax himself. Okay. So. You know how in the porta potty there's it's like a like a shelf where the hole is. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. I stand him on that <gasps> shelf, and I'm like, okay, now we're gonna we're we're trying to point down here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, just the physics and the 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 the, the anatomy oh, and the trajectory, no. and so we had it just pee everywhere. Yeah. All over the porta yeah. potty, everywhere. I mean, this thing was like a garden hose, just oh, spraying no. everywhere, and um. You know, so we left yeah. the porta potty. I mean, I think it's probably and... seen worse things. <laughs> really. But I was thinking that what I mean, was is there a better way to help a two year old potty in a porta potty? You know, I'm the gross mom and I just put the toilet paper down <laughs> and like I just hold on to them because really like tiny little two year old booties would they could fall. No, seriously, and that's right what, yeah. into the the nastiness of the I mean, porter potty. Oh yeah. So, I, yeah, I'd always Mm-mm. coat it with, like, a ton of toilet paper and then just set them down and yeah. just hold on to them really tight and hope for the best. Oh, yeah. So, it was not a good situation. It was not a good situation at all. Oh, so my goodness. So, kids and porta-potties do not mix, folks. Yeah. No. But it really would have been a fail had he fallen in. So, yes. at least we didn't have that happening. Definitely. All I right. count that as a win. <laughs> Mom's in the headlines. This mom... Um, is interesting to me because she claims her name is Jenna. She's from California. She's a mother of three. And she claims that she invented the gender reveal party. Oh, okay. okay. She says this happened about 11 years ago. This article is from Good Morning America. So she says she invented the gender reveal party 11 years ago. She says she has a blog and she wrote about her daughter's gender reveal and um, she now has a change of heart. Okay. So Jenna from California now says um, that assigning focus on gender at birth leaves out so much of their potential and talents that have nothing to do with what's between their legs. So where you can get into a whole gender conversation, right. which we're not going to do. But number one, I guess I didn't know that there was a creator, a queen of the gender reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and now she believes that they are outdated, oh, which okay. which I would kind of agree with, but I don't know if they're outdated just because of a gender construct conflict. Right, right. You know? So now you have three kids, fourth is on the way, yes. and you found out gender for all of them. Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> so why did you want to find out? Because I have two, and I didn't find out with either of my boys. So I am just... I don't know. I'm very anal about certain things. And um, I always just wanted to have, if I had a girl, I wanted to have pink walls with like a glitter accent. And I wanted to make sure I had all the foo-foo things that I wanted. And just, I think, curiosity in general would just kill me if I had to wait the full nine months. So, yeah, I always wanted to know, like, right away. Not that it meant, you know, anything deep or serious. I just want to start thinking about names. And, I, yeah. you know, I take a long time to process things. So I wanted to have, like, a good solid five months to say the baby's name out loud and see if I liked it and, you know, talk about it, And which a lot of people are different. A lot of people don't even like to say what baby's name is going to be because they don't want all of the criticism. Um, but I just, I just, I need to know. 
I, ha I have a serious need to know. If I could find out at conception what the baby was going to be, <laughs> I would. <laughs> Absolutely, I would. So I, I just, I'm the opposite because I never wanted to know. I was yeah. never even curious. I mean, from the get-go, Turner and I just didn't want to know, and we yeah. both agreed on that. And it was funny because the first, so when we um, were expecting Abram, we were in the ultrasound room, and they said, you know, do you want to know gender? And we both said no. And they said, okay, like, this would be the time to look away right. because we're going to start looking at parts. And so we both looked away and closed our eyes. And the ultrasound tech goes, oh, my gosh, you're both actually looking away. She goes, someone uh, always cheats. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I'm really surprised that you and your husband were on the same page yeah. with that because a lot of times that's, like, a serious yeah. issue for couples because – mom wants to know and dad doesn't or dad wants to know and mom doesn't. Yeah. So that's really awesome that you both felt, you yeah. know, very comfortable with that. And I bet it was the best surprise of your life. And people tell me that they're yeah. like, Raya, you have to not find out. And I'm like, nope. I'm sure that's a great <laughs> surprise, but I'm going to miss out on it because I need to know right now. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I really wanted that big delivery room moment Yeah. where there's a baby, and then I look at my husband, and, and I go, tell me. Yeah. And then he gives me the big announcement. So, long, I mean, I won't get into the whole Abram birth story, but I didn't get that announcement when Abram was born. So okay. then whenever it was born, I did get the big announcement, oh, which was awesome. awesome. So one day I'll, I'll tell the Abram birth story, but it's too long of a story for um, for this podcast. But, yeah. but anywho, so yeah, like that, that big delivery room moment is what right. I was going for. Yeah. That's awesome. I wish I could do that. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your oldest is a boy. Yes. And then you have three girls. Well, you have two I have girls. two girls. And, and another the, coming. Another coming. Early September. <laughs> Child number four, girl number three. Yep. How is Cam doing with his house of girls? You know, the poor guy. He, he really wanted this last baby of ours to be a boy. Um, and I really thought it was going to be a boy. Like I had that feeling, um, my, the, this pregnancy has been really similar to Camden's pregnancy. So my husband and I were like, you know, he's five, let's take him to the ultrasound. So we took him to the ultrasound cause I wanted to see his face when he found out he was going to have a brother oh, no. and, um, the ultrasound tech just really nonchalant. She's like, Oh, it's a girl. And Camden's little face just dropped. He goes, what did she say? Oh. And I said, oh, I said, she said that your new baby's going to be a girl. And he goes, but, but what? Why? And I said, <laughs> well, she just is a girl. And he said, but she could change her mind, right? <laughs> and I oh. said, oh, buddy, <laughs> you're just going to have a house full of girls. I said, you have your two cousins that are boys mm -hmm. and we're really close with them and you know, so it's kind of going to be tied, like, you know, you and your two boy cousins and your three sisters. So he was kind of upset about it at first. And I think the more we talked to him about it and my husband was like, this is awesome because now it's just me and you for guys night. Yeah. You know, there's dudes. nobody else that, you know, mom can take the girls and do her own thing and me and you get this special time. And so he was really excited after that. But every once in a while, he'll still say, He'll come up to my bill and he's like, I'm pretty sure it's still a boy. I think it's going to be a boy. And I'm like, well, you never know. I don't know. I had that happen to a friend of mine. Um, they said it was a girl in every single ultrasound, had a girl baby shower, and wow. it was a boy. So who knows? Maybe Kim has some feelers out there that yeah, I don't know about. But maybe he does. Yeah. He's a pretty good protector. He's I call yeah. him my bruiser. He's just rough and tumble and 
he's all boys, so he'll it fits him well. So I know you probably don't want to think about this, but I just imagine when he grows up and he's maybe starting to date and and he'll tell people like, yeah, I grew up with three sisters and he'll be the guy who understands women yes. because he grew up with the three sisters. I so, hope so. I mean, it's going to it's, it's end up working out in his favor. I, I hope so. Well, and you know, my kids are all kind of bam, 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 bam. So they're probably, they're going to be in high school together. So he's going to get to be around lots of ladies. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's going to be very excited about that. Ew, you think my brother's cute? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yep, exactly. I When I was a kid, well, I was probably like in junior high. My brother's two years older than me. And I think I was in fifth grade and he was in seventh or eighth grade. And my mom said that I would have, she would have these eighth grade girls coming up to me like, hey, can I have a sleepover? Can I come to your house? Can I- <laughs> Because my brother was such a little cutie, and I'm like, uh, and I would, like, look at my mom, and she's like, no. (laughs) But, I mean, it was just one of those things, like, they thought, like, ooh, can I befriend his little sister and then, you know, (laughs) get a glimpse of him at home or something? I don't know. But I had lots of fun eighth grade girls that always wanted to be my best friend when I was in fifth grade. So that was That's, like, right out of Bring It On. Yes, absolutely. When they're, like, brushing the teeth next to each other, like, hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's going to be my sweet little key did. <laughs> so, um, as I've said a thousand times, you're expecting your fourth. Can we please tell the story of how you came to be expecting oh, your God. fourth? Oh, <laughs> God, yes. So, okay, my husband and I always knew we wanted to have a big family. Um, so we had this, once this baby's born, I'll have a newborn, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. So, like, every two years, yeah. bam, bam, So um, we had our son, and then two years later, we had our daughter, well, like a year and a half after that, we had our surprise Avery. <laughs> so um, we were done, like 100% done. You know, I have the business. Yeah, you said that and, a few times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I struggled with postpartum after I had Avery and um, just was like, you know, I, I'm this mama three thing I think I have down. I'm just going to call it quits. I always wanted four. My husband only wanted two. So we were like, we met in the middle and Great. three is perfect. So um, we scheduled my husband to get a vasectomy and had a date on the calendar, but he needed to confirm. So he's like, we've got a week. They said, you know, we can talk about it. And I was like, just confirm it. Like, let's do this thing. (laughs) He was more nervous. Um, I thought he had confirmed. He forgot to confirm, I guess. So um, when I asked him about it, he's like, oh, shoot, you know, I'll have to call back. I'm sure we'll still get the same date that, you know, we had originally had. So our date was supposed to be like in December. And so he called back and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, you didn't confirm. So you're booked out. We're booked out like several more weeks. So we had to go like another two months um, without the vasectomy. And I had been diagnosed with a thyroid condition. And so I um, was told to come off of all of my birth control. So we were just using alternative methods. That failed miserably. And so um, two days before my husband's vasectomy, I woke up and wasn't feeling great and <laughs> was two days late. And I, But I had started this new homeopathic medication for my thyroid. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's, it's got to be that, right? Like, you know, these hormone supplements or this or that. And I had a test left over from when I had Avery. And so I was home alone. And I'm like, well, I'll just take it. Like, I'm sure it's nothing. So I take the test and, you know, normally it's like three minutes, set it on your counter. Literally, it just lit up pregnant, like (laughs) right away. 
And so I'm like looking at it and I told one of my girlfriends, I like shook it, like maybe, you know, something's wrong. Like I'm going to try to reset this thing. No, (laughs) pregnant. So literally at that moment, I set the test down. My phone starts ringing. It was my mom. And I answer and she's like, hey, sweetie. She always calls me in the morning just to check on me. And I just start bawling. And I said, I just took a pregnancy test and it says positive, but I don't think there's any way I'm pregnant. It's got to be like this new medicine, right? And she's like, no, if you took a pregnancy test, you're pregnant. And I'm like, there's no way. uh, Haven't you taken a few of these (laughs) That's exactly what she said. Like, really? Like number four? Okay. So I like bawl my eyes out. She's like, it's fine. You know, you own a daycare, no big deal. So I call my husband who was actually at our center that morning. He was making breakfast. And I said, Hey, you need to come to the house like right now. And he's like, no, I'm, I have this to do and this to do. And I said, is anybody around you right now? And he said, no. And I go, I'm pregnant. (laughs) I start crying again. He's like, I'll be right there. So that's the journey of number four. And sure enough, I called my doctor. I had a huge presentation to give that day for a grant for our center. And so I called my doctor and I'm like, I want to blood some, you know, something. I just need to know for sure. So they got me in right away. And two minutes before I was supposed to go on for my big presentation, they called. So I took the call. And the lady's like, congratulations, mommy, you're pregnant. And I started crying on the phone with her. And um, she's like, oh, um, is everything okay? And I was like, yes, I just wasn't planning on this. And, you know, I had really severe postpartum with my last one. And I just was not mentally prepared for this. You know, at that time, my youngest wasn't even two years old yet. So um, she was just kind of like, okay, well, have a great day. Like, it's so awkward. How do I get off the phone with this crazy lady? Um, So I got off the phone. I beasted through the presentation and then um, got some ice cream and dealt with it. Here we are. And I'm super excited because I think I'm a firm believer in what's meant to be is meant to be. So obviously I was meant to have four and um, through my struggles and trying to prevent, you know, having number four, she's going to be here and we're super excited. So, <laughs> And then two days later, Jason got his vasectomy. Two days later, Jason got his vasectomy <laughs> and it was the happiest day ever. But now I'm, when we went there, the ladies were telling us these stories of these men who went like eight years and 10 years, boom, had a pregnancy. So now I feel like maybe I should get my tubes tied. Because we're, like, the most fertile people in the whole world just to be super (laughs) careful, you know, to, like, make sure it's locked down. Because I feel like, you know, four I can handle, five. The mamas of five are my superheroes. Like, I just don't know that I can do it. I'm wondering also if maybe Jason gets a hobby, you know? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe it's because we work together. We just spend too much time together. That's probably exactly what it is. Okay. So, yeah, let's. Let's get into that subject of you and Jason working together. Okay, sure. so so first of all, I want to go. I want to circle back to this whole concept of pregnant ambition. And I say that you have pregnant ambition because not only were you starting a daycare center when you were pregnant with your third, but now you are expanding yes. the center and moving buildings <laughs> yeah. while you are eight months pregnant. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're gonna have our grand opening party a week before my due date. Yeah, so, no, yeah, the, the timing be works out so excellent. much. Fun. I'll have a week in the new building. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, do you feel like pregnant ambition is a thing? Like, how do you keep finding yourself in this situation? In these situations, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I listened to your last podcast talk about pregnant ambition, and I was laying in bed and I'm like, I don't have that. I've oh, never, for Pete's sake. I've never had it. That's so weird. Like, I have no drive to do anything around my house. And I was looking at your kitchen, the pictures, and I'm like, oh, I wish, like, I had some of that. And literally, I was... Can you see how far <laughs> back my eyes are rolling in my head? <laughs> I was talking to my husband about it, and I'm like, I don't have any, like, pregnancy ambition. And he started laughing because, yes, we renovated our current center when I was um, eight months pregnant with Avery. Mm-hmm. And actually um, opened another infant room the day I went into labor with Avery. Naturally, so we had our like grand, you do. Yeah, we had our grand opening for that room um, while I was in the hospital giving birth to Avery. And then, yeah, now we are getting a new building. It's um, twice the size of the building that we have now, and we're going to be able to create a couple new classrooms. And, yeah, so I'm due September 13th. And our grand opening party is going to be September 2nd. So, I I mean, I I guess I have pregnant ambition. Yes. <laughs> and every, it's just funny because everybody that I see that comes in contact, they're like, wait, when are you opening this new place? And I tell them, they're like, and when is your due date? And they get this <laughs> terrified look in their face. And I'm like, what? Like, it, it's business. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Pregnant or not. I'm going to get things done. So I don't know. I Yeah, I feel like I don't really have pregnant ambition. But, yeah, it seems to be that I get myself in these really sticky situations every time I am pregnant. So I think you're on to something. So I guarantee that every single lady that you work with is going to come up to you after they listen to this and go, <laughs> Darea, of course you have it. Oh, don't my be ridiculous. gosh. I'm sure. You have it. You have I'm it bad. Sure. <laughs> you have it bad. Okay, so you and Jason are expanding the business now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the enormous need for quality child yeah. care in the Quad Cities. Absolutely. And I love that you're capitalizing on that because so many families need it so badly. Yes. Especially, um, we're in West Davenport. And so they're really, you know, that's where my husband and I lived when we had our first son. And there was really nothing around. And I worked in West Davenport. And so we were trying to figure out you know, where, where do we go and who do we trust and all of these things. And, um, it was just such a huge problem. So I knew when we wanted to open the center that I wanted to stay in West Davenport. Um, and kind of, I had a lot of, I didn't realize this, but a lot of like Buffalo, Bluegrass, Walcott families, cause they don't have any like licensed childcare centers there either. So we pulled a ton of families from there. And so, um, you know, with our business plan, when we first opened in 2016, we had projected like eight months out that we would be full. We were full eight weeks out. So, I mean, we didn't even realize the need that there was for quality care, you know, in a center with really good experience and people that had good hearts. And so, yeah, we filled up super quickly, which is why I got in the sticky situation of opening another classroom. (laughs) (laughs) So we opened that classroom a year um, into the business and for the past, we've been in our current building for almost three years, and we get probably we have a little over sixty kiddos enrolled, and we probably get like eight to ten phone calls or emails a day of people, you know, sending me these heartfelt, "You gotta help me, like please, you know, we're we've been looking for someone with a good heart or some staff that cares, and yeah. we can't find it, or we've had so many issues." And 
I could relate to those issues because I had those issues too when my kids were little and before I opened the center. So yeah, we started talking about um, we're renting in our current facility and have had some landlord issues and just things that we're just ready to, you know, have our own space. And we, um, it was funny, I was driving my daughter, she goes to dance works. So I was on Hickory Grove Road driving her to dance and I saw this building and I just was like, oh man, that would be an awesome daycare. It's on three acres and it's huge and all of these things. Didn't think much about it. And the next time I drove by, there was a first sale sign. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, we looked it up and the church that had been operating it was operating it the whole downstairs of Sunday school. So it was already classrooms. It was painted really nice. Um, it was just everything that we needed. Everything that we didn't have in our current facility, we have now in this new facility. So it was a no-brainer. I mean, even though I was pregnant and uh, knew this was going to be quite the undertaking and a lot of stress and um, just had, we had to jump, you know, we just, an opportunity like that, we knew that we just had to jump and we knew we could serve so many more families. So at our current facility, we can have around 60. At the new one, we'll be able to have around 115, which I don't know if I'll ever do that. That's a lot. Okay. You know, my pregnancy ambition will probably die out <laughs> after I have this one, but we'll see. But I'm just glad that I have that option. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when you first started, though, um, Jason was working in a different position. Yeah. At some point, though, you guys decided that he would work at the center with yeah. you. Yeah. So did you have any hesitations having him come on board on your turf? I had no hesitations. He had lots of hesitations. <laughs> okay, okay. So what happened was um, my aunt was working for me and she was heading up our food program. And she got this amazing opportunity to head up all of the food program through the Scott County Jail. So, you know, being a local entrepreneur and having a small business, I couldn't afford to pay her, you know, what the bigger companies could. So, um, she took that position and I just looked at Jason and I said, I can't do this alone anymore. You know, I can't be in the classrooms and be, you know, helping teach and um, running the food and running the office and doing tours and all of these things. I said, I, I need you here full time. And um, he has been doing factory work since we were dating and made pretty decent money at it, but had these crazy hours and swing shifts and night shifts. Yes. So there for a while, you know, I had a newborn, a one and a half year old, a three year old was running a business all day and then taking care of them all night alone. And it was just really a lot. And so I said, this is perfect. I said, you can come on board at the daycare. You can take over the food program. He's a really good cook and um, it's going to be great. And he just kind of stared at me like, <laughs> um, no. And so I told him, I said, just think about it. I really think it's, it'll be awesome. You know, you can have your own office. I'll have my own office. Like, we can still have our separate space. Like, we won't be, you know, up each other's butt the whole time. So um, we thought about it, and he agreed to do it. And so he's been at the center for, it'll be a year next month that okay. we've been working together. And it's been awesome. I mean, of course, we have, like, our issues like everybody does. And there's times I'm like, shut your office door. <laughs> I don't even don't want to look, look at, at you. me. <laughs> don't talk to me right now. But for the most part, I mean, he's just, he's my best friend and he's so supportive Aww. of everything I do. And, um, you know, it's great. I'm sure that there's times that he is like, yeah, you can just stay where you are too. Yeah. But I mean, for the most part, I think we get along really well and we've, it's been interesting to see kind of, um, 
because of course he's always been my business partner, but he was just never, he wasn't on that side of things. So having him, you know, with kind of the business side, being there every day, it's really been amazing for our business. And I don't think we would have been able to expand and purchase this new center if he hadn't been on board with me because I'm not a numbers person. <laughs> I'm a kids person. So he's really good about, you know, payroll and bookkeeping and accounting features. And he'll try to show me like numbers and paperwork. And I'm like, no, get it away. From I'm going to go in the infant room and snuggle some babies or I'm going to go <laughs> in the preschool room and paint, you know, so that it's been a really, really good balance for us. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Um, where do you imagine, like, what would be your next chapter if you're, you're already expanding now? So in three years, where are you guys going to be? Yeah, I, I would love to do a second location. Um, it's something that kind of terrifies me just because most small business owners will tell you this, that their business is their heart. And they've kind of nurtured, it's like this tiny little baby plant and they've nurtured it and they've watered it and they've protected it for so long. So thinking about splitting myself between two spaces is kind of terrifying, but it, things that are terrifying, I think are also really exciting and things that you should explore. And so it's definitely something, you know, maybe focusing in on a different area that has a high need that, you know, we would love to serve too. So yeah, I think maybe a second location, but I'm definitely not having any more children, and I definitely want to wait until number four is in kindergarten okay. before I would do any crazy other projects, I think. Well, I totally agree with you on the concept of things that are scary are worth pursuing. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I told you when I told you I was doing this podcast, and I delayed for months even saying it out loud, even yeah. talking to Turner about it, because... It just scared me too much. Right. It just scared me too much the, to to put myself out there right. to go down a road where I don't have a script in front of me yeah. and to, you know, maybe expose a little bit more of my life at home, you right. know, outside of the news station. So, but I kept thinking, you know, the reason that this scares you is the reason that you should go for it. Absolutely. So. Definitely. I don't know. Anytime I get really scared about something like my fingers get tingly, my heart starts racing, and I know it's going to be electric. And I think any time that there's something that makes your heart pump like that or, you know, really gets your juices flowing and gets you excited and really thinking, I call that your passion area, and that's something you just have to jump. I was terrified to, to do Birdie's Nest. Yeah. Um, I can remember after I'd already made the decision to quit my job, you know, laying in bed just crying at night after my kids would go to bed, like, what did I do? I took all this stability, financial stability away from them. And, oh, my gosh, what if we lose everything? And what if we – but I had a really good friend of mine say, but what if you don't? You know, what if you are living your best life and you have time, more time with your family and more time with your husband and, you know, you're doing what you love? So get rid of those nasty, like, oh, what if this bad things happen? And just start saying, what if these amazing things happen? And so that's kind of what I did. And I, it feels pretty amazing to me right now. I get to love on all of these awesome kids and I get to form these amazing relationships with these families. And it's been so great. Yeah. You guys kind of have a little saying, how can I not? How can I not? Yes. So that was from my uncle. My uncle Daniel is a pastor. And so when I, um, I had to kind of be careful who I, I say you have to protect your dream for a while because there's people out there that no matter what, they don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to accomplish your dreams because they never did. And so um, I kind of got 
beat down there for a while when I was so excited and like telling people, this is what I'm going to do. And I remember at Walmart, I'll never forget, I had this lady, I had a cart full of toys and she's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I, I just, you know, we are leasing this building and we're going to open this awesome childcare center and preschool in West Davenport. And um, I, I resigned my teaching position with the Davenport School District and she said, you are an idiot. Oh and I gosh. was like, huh? <laughs> like what? And she said, why would you ever give up the benefits from that? And why would you ever give up your degree? And now your degree is worth nothing. And just put all of this. Hello, lady. I do <laughs> yeah, not Yeah, hi, Walmart lady. <laughs> all of this horrible things on, you know, she spoke all these horrible things over me. And I just looked at her and I said, well, I feel like it's the right decision. And I yeah. just turned around. Yeah, you're good at that. Yeah, I just had to just turn around. So um, I was talking to my uncle about it, and he just looked at me, and he said, um, he always calls me baby girl, and he said, baby girl, he said, how can you not? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, if you put God first, and you have a heart for these kids, and you have the passion, how can you not be successful? How can you not make a difference? How can you not you know, change lives and how can you not be there for these families? So he just kept saying, how can you not, you know, how can you not with all these good things? So anytime I would get stressed out, Jason would look at me and he would say, how can you not? And before we opened the center, he um, went in my office and used a label maker and wrote all of these really sweet things about me and like hid them all over my walls. So I remember the first week I was just like, we had opened and I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> oh my goodness. And I went to move a stapler and there was, how can, how can you not? And then he wrote, how can you not? You are beautiful. And I was just like, oh, Jason, look at I you. know. He's, he's a sweet one. Wow. So yeah. And so, um, as we kind of grew and, um, developed into what we are now, we have t-shirts that we sell to our families and our staff wears them. And it's, Birdie's Nest Child Care Center, and on the back it says, how can I not? And it's just been really cool because it's kind of our story. So everywhere we go, people are like, how can you not what? Like, what are you talking about, lady? (laughs) And so we kind of get to share um, our passion. And, you know, I tell that to everybody whenever. I was so excited when you told me about your podcast. And so anytime anyone tells me about a dream or a goal or an ambition, I say that to them. How can you not just rock at this? You know, if you feel it and you're excited and you put God first and how can you not be successful? How can you not, you know, make a difference and just rock it? So, and that's what you're doing because your podcasts have been awesome and I love listening to them. And I do not like podcasts. I think I told you that. Like, I have never been a podcast person. <laughs> My brother's a huge yes. podcast person. And he's always coming over for cookouts telling me, hey, did you listen to this podcast and this podcast? And I'm like, I don't want to hear someone talk. Like, that's not, I like music. But when you got your podcast, I'm like, well, I have to check it out. And I fell in love with it. And I listened oh, to it Oh, thank faithfully. you so much. <laughs> it's awesome. Spread the word. I Tell will. Everyone. I will. Um, so I can, you know, just knowing you, I know how much you love your job. And yeah. I know how much the kids and the families yes. become part of your own family. Definitely. Um, and so with that comes heartbreak. Yes. And so I want to just take kind of a tough turn and um, talk about just something tough that's happened at the center recently. Yeah. Uh, you recently lost one of the little boys we at the did. center. did, yeah. Um, he um, had an asthma attack and um, he was at home and... Um, we had he had been at the center that day and was playing and smiling and his normal you know typical two year old little boy 
and um, his mom came to pick him up and we I always try to talk to my parents when they drop off or pick up and we had like a fun little conversation and waved goodbye it was probably like four o'clock she took him home um, and yeah like seven o'clock at night his breathing got really bad and she rushed him to the ER and um, his heart ended up failing and he didn't make it so that was something um, Friday morning my staff and I kind of you know got punched in the face with because we didn't know yet and we had seen some Facebook posts and um, it just rocked us you know it was something that we never in our wildest dreams pictured we'd have to deal with and um, yeah it, w it was terrible and we've had him since he was a baby and so um, you know eight plus hours a day for five days a week for so many weeks and so many months and years and um, yeah it, we we always say it's the birdies nest family and he was one of our family members so it's been really really hard and kind of a difficult field to navigate and so just lots of prayer for you know his mom and his siblings and um, his dad and just trying to be there as much as we can and I think I we talked about this motherhood tribe that's just so strong and mm -hmm. I put a little Facebook post out to um, some of the birdies nest mobs and just said you know, what can we do? We, we have to do something. Can we host a luncheon? Can we get some school supplies for sister? What can we do? And I was just flooded with all of these moms just absolutely, you know, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, you know, because I think we all connect on that mother's level of yeah. love and what it would feel like to lose one of your children and it would be unbearable. And so, We've all just tried to come together um, for the family as much as we can to kind of honor his memory mm -hmm. and, you know, his little smile and his bright, bright eyes. And that's something that I'll just hold with me forever. And, um, yeah, so it's been really tough for us and really, really tough for his family and just something that was so unexpected. You know, you never think about losing a child, um, a child of your own, a child that you're close with, a family member. Mm -hmm. You just never think of that. So. Yeah, it's definitely been a um, a trial, and we're trying to push through the best that we can and um, just be there as much as we can for his family. Yeah, how do you um, how do you just go on and keep business as usual? Yeah. I mean, there's so much happiness yeah. in a daycare center Absolutely. and so many smiles. And, um, you know, how, how do you – what did you say to your staff about, you know, how to move on well I think the biggest thing is um, being more intentional and that's kind of something that I um, thought about you know after Aries passed away was I had all of these thoughts rushing my head like did I give him enough love did I did our staff did we do enough fun things because you don't ever think about a child only having two years on this earth and so thinking you know he only had two years did we do enough and so I think it just makes you love that much more and want to give the snuggles and the not that we didn't before but you're just so much more intentional on connecting with those kids and the day after that happened I just remember walking around I haven't gone back in his room yet and I know that's really sad of me to say but I'm just not ready but I've gone in all of the other rooms and um, just holding the babies and looking at them and talking to them and loving on them and you know making sure that they know how much we care for them and we love them and because you don't ever know you know nothing in life is guaranteed unfortunately and um so moving forward i think just to honor aries and his memory is just being more intentional with my love and um 
you know, the, the things that I do teach and what we do do at the center and how important it is and impactful. And um, I think all of my staff is really amazing and kind and sweet. And we've all, I think that's how we've all kind of come together to try to start the healing process is just knowing that we have to be there for these kids. And they've lost a friend too. You know, they've been together mm-hmm. since the infant room. So just showing them and sharing them with as much love um, as we possibly can, I think has really kind of brought us all even closer than what we were before. We talked about earlier the the idea that when you look into your child's eyes, if you knew that you would only have two years with them, yeah, you know, it's like, would you rather not have that heartbreaker at right. all? Or would you, you know, would, right. would you have rather been given the gift only to lose it two years later yeah. or not given the gift at all? Right. Because you the know? heartache is so yes. strong. Yeah. I know. It's something that, you, yeah, I, I can't even fathom, you know, any, just the fact of like, and I say this all the time, like we weren't family, but we were family, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're with these kids for so long, you do like, I hope they just hold a special place in my heart. Every single one of them, like people laugh and they're like, how do you know all these parents' names? And how do you know all these kids' names? I'm like, because they're, the daycare is my heart and they're my heart. You know, it's, I, I take it so seriously that parents have trusted me with their kids and trusted our staff with their kids. And, um, yeah, they just mean everything in the world to you. And it's, you know, when something's off with any of them, it breaks your heart and to lose one and to just know the feelings that that mom is feeling and the devastation it's in, you know, two short years that she had with him. But I know this mama and she was the best mom and he had the best life. And um, he probably had more love than, you know, most people get in 85 years. So that brings me a lot of comfort. So we want people to say a prayer for Aries and his mom and his big sister. Yes. And his whole family as they mourn him um, today and always. And um, I love the message to just be intentional with your love. Yep. I really like that. Absolutely. That's something that we all can do. And everything, you know. Just making sure that the ones that you love know how much you love them and you show it. And, you know, even with, like, little things, like, with your spouse, I think about that, too. Because you think, I think about that with Jason, like, what would happen if, you know, we had some stupid fight about, like, a toaster strudel or something because I'm pregnant and petty. And, you know, he gets in a car accident and I never see him again. And I'm left alone, you know, to raise these kids. Like, I'm just trying to be the best version of me and so intentional with my love and letting silly little things go that, you know, he didn't blow the dishwasher right or stupid things like that. I'm just trying to let go and live and um, love in honor of Aries. So that's my goal. I do not want to end on a sad note. Yeah. So I think we're going to need to hear that toaster strudel fight story. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll give you a better one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Give us a good one. Okay. We call it Raya's pregnancy meltdowns. Okay. Because normally I'm really good at like holding my composure and keeping everything together. But this one day, I think I'm trying to make excuses for myself. I had a case of the hangries. And um, we all know that pregnancy makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having like a long meeting at the center. So I was trying to think back and I think I had lunch at like 11 and it was seven o'clock and I hadn't eaten anything. And so my mom's like, I'm going to take the kids. Like, why don't you and Jason go to dinner? So I'm like, perfect. So I love Lunardi's. It's my favorite restaurant in the whole wide world. And so we drive to Lunardi's and 
um, <laughs> I've been having really bad, like, sciatic nerve pain. Yeah. And Jason, like, hits the curb on the way to going into Lunardi's, which hurt my back. And so I started crying. And I'm like, that hurt my back. And you didn't look where you were going. He's like, I'm sorry. We're here. Let's go in. And there was a lot of cars in the parking lot. And I'm like, go see how long the waiting is. Because I'm not going to sit here for 45 minutes. I'm starving. So he's like, oh, hey. So he goes and he's like, 25 minutes. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. That's way too long. You know, so we're not doing that. And he's like, okay, where would you like to go? And he's trying to, you know, dance around my hormones. And um, I'm like, I don't want anything. I'll just have a toaster strudel when we get home. Like, it's fine. It's, I'm st- you don't even care about this pregnancy and how hungry I am. And like, he's literally just looking at me with the side eye. My daughter eye. is withering away Yes, in there. to nothing. Don't you yeah. get it? <laughs> so he's, like, side-eyeing me, like, trying to be comforting. And, like, I'm really sorry that that meeting went long. And how about we stop at Arby's? And I'm like, No. How about we stop here? No. So we're driving on the interstate just to go home for me to have my toaster strudel. Mm-hmm. And Your rage strudel. My rage strudel. And I see a Subway and I'm like, just pull into Subway. Now I'll get a tuna sandwich. So we pull into Subway and I didn't say, I guess, out loud that I wanted the tuna sandwich. I just thought that he should know that I love tuna sandwiches. Yeah. So we get to the thing and he's like, okay, what do you want? And I just lost it. And I was like, you don't even know me. I'm like crying. And the subway girl is staring at me. And like, Jesus, I'm like slammed my head like down on the center council. And he's like patting my head like this chick is crazy. And the subway lady's looking at me like I'm crazy. And so he goes, turkey bacon, right? You wanted a turkey bacon. And I like lived in my head up in this rage. And I'm like, I wanted a tuna sandwich. So he orders the tuna sandwich and, like, gets a couple cookies, gets the chips, gets whatever. And the lady's like, is she, like, and he's like, she's fine. She's pregnant and hungry. So we get in the car. I just start, like, gnawing on this sandwich, eat it, eat the chips, eat the cookie. And all of a sudden, I just felt like a cloud had been lifted. I felt like normal Nerea again. So we're still driving home, and I'm like, looking over at him and I can tell he was really frustrated and really upset and I was like thank thank you for the subway and he's like are you for real like is this are you kidding me and I was like I'm sorry I I don't know what happened there I feel great now like everything was fine and so now we like lovingly refer to um, any hormonic episodes I have as the sub is this going to be a subway meltdown or is this going to be like a normal pregnancy meltdown. So one of my best friends, she's our on-site supervisor. She um, grabbed some Snickers. And like the other day I was getting a little grouchy, I guess. And she's like, Nerea, you're not you when you're hungry. So she like has this emergency drawer. She'll just start pulling out food and setting it on my desk. And she's like, you know, we don't want to have a subway meltdown. And I'm like, he told you. So he told the whole daycare about my epic subway meltdown. So yeah, that's, Kind of my uh, mo. If oh, I'm pregnant fantastic. and hungry, I'm just gonna have a real meltdown. And if you don't know my favorite sandwich by heart, you know there's gonna you be tears shed. No, me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, Jason, <laughs> you did the right thing. You stayed calm. That's right. If you see Nerea, offer her a Snickers. Yes, it's anything. in your best interest. <laughs> yes, 
And if anyone wants to get me Subway gift cards, I'm totally 100% down for that, too. So <laughs> I have loved having you here. This Thank was such you. a fun I, conversation. Yes, I've loved being here. <laughs> All right. We're going to definitely have to have you back. Um, you've made us laugh. You've made us cry. So thank you for that. Yeah, anytime. Um, thank you all so much for listening to On a Mother Level. Please tell a friend, subscribe, maybe write, write us a little review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you all so, so much. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network. Tribune Audio Network.